1: Before we jump into today's episode, I have a big favorite ask. If you've not already written a podcast review for 3 and 30 and it's made a meaningful difference in your life, could you please take a couple of minutes to do that today? Written reviews are so important to podcasts. Potential listeners, guests, and sponsors read them, and it helps them to know that the show will be worth their time and investment and that the show is making a difference to mothers around the world. I also read each and every review that's submitted, and they mean the world to me. This month, I'm going to be putting together some fun care packages for three listeners who leave a review. So if you're interested in getting some goodies in the mail from me, just leave a review sometime in August and you will be entered. I've never done any sort of a giveaway with reviews before, but I'm excited to spoil a few of you. And I thank each and every one of you who's taken the time to do this in the past. It really does mean so much. Instructions for how to leave a review, if you aren't sure, will be linked in the show notes. Thank you again so much for your support. Okay. And now onto the show. This is episode 142, how to maximize your time as a busy mom. Welcome to 3 and 30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30 minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. As moms, we've got a lot going on all the time. I did a brain dump the other day of everything I'd like to be doing right now with my home, my family, my business, and my personal goals, and it was four pages long. There are only 24 hours in a day, and it's simply just not possible to do all of that all at once. Sadly, it's also not possible to create more time but we can maximize on the time we already have and make sure that we're using it wisely and in a way that truly aligns with our highest priorities. Today on the podcast, we have a guest who's an expert in teaching women how to do just that. Siri Payne is a woman who definitely knows how to maximize her time. She went through the rigorous training at the Life Coach School with Brooke Castillo and started her successful coaching business while working full-time as a special education teacher and being a devoted mother to three teenage girls. She now specializes in coaching overwhelmed moms on how to balance the demands of life and motherhood while creating their businesses. And whether or not you're ever interested in growing a business, I know the tips that Siri has to share today are going to help you discover more time in your days so you can more fully pursue your interests, goals, and relationships. Siri, welcome to 3 and 30.
0: Thank you for having me, Rachel. I'm so excited to be here.
1: I'm so excited to discuss this topic with you. It really is one of our most requested topics for 3 and 30. I think a lot of moms feel the crunch with time and you're truly a master at it and you've created your whole life coaching business around it. So why are you so passionate about helping moms harness their time and their schedules?
0: I think just because I feel like we tell ourselves a story that there isn't enough time to do things. And so we limit like our dreams, we limit our potential. And I just see a lot of amazing women be able to do so much more when they just figure out that there is a way to do it if they just maximize their time. So mainly it's just me allowing other people to be, to allow them to step into their greatness. So it's just so fun for me to be able to watch that happen.
1: Oh, I love that. And I, I think you're so right that we have a lot of stories that we tell ourselves about not having enough time. And I know I'm completely guilty of that. And I need the tips today as much as anyone. So let's get into them. What's your first takeaway? All right, my
0: first takeaway to really save and create time is with batching. And so let me explain to you a little bit or share with you some ideas of what the word batching means. But basically, it's doing one thing a lot or at one time or all in one intentional setting so that you can get more done. So for an example of batching for just like this traditional mom is possibly to cook a large bag of chicken at once, whatever large means for you and your family, and just instapot it or crock pot it. And then you meal plan that chicken out for a week. So for the example is this bag of chicken then can turn into like shredded burritos or tacos. It can turn into like a shredded um, chicken spaghetti dish or a chicken a la king or chicken alfredo or it merely can just be shredded frozen chicken that you can use for next next week. So if you plan your meals with the same cooked ingredients back to back, it's kind of like a batching. So for example, you can do this with rice and it can be, you know, rice and gravy one night and you so you cook extra rice and then the next night it's fried rice. Same thing with like a noodles, right? Cook a few pounds of noodles or whatever your family would need for several different nights and then you're only spending time cooking once and using twice. It saves time cooking plus time on prep plus cleanup and then dishes, right? You're only cleaning all those pots once, but you actually have it twice. Mm,
1: I love that. I love the concept of batching. And I have to say, I didn't really learn about it until I did start listening to business podcasts where they talk about batching tasks like tasks together, because when you switch, you lose time and energy. You have to, your mind kind of has to take a little bit of time to get back into a different type of task. So in the business podcast, they say, like batch and write all of your social media content at once or batch recording interviews or things like that so you're in the zone for that specific task at that time and you just do it all at once but the idea of doing that in my mom life I don't always like translate over what I do in my business life to my mom life and I love this idea of batching dinners like you're already cooking why not just Make a whole bunch and and use it throughout the week. That's brilliant. And do you have any other um, kind of mom hacks or tasks they may not think that they could batch together?
0: Yes, absolutely. Like laundry and ironing, kind of the same concept. Like if you're getting out the ironing board, getting out all the, you know, the iron and the spray bottle and whatever it is that you need or the steamer, get all the clothes out, do it at one time and then put them all away. It actually saves so much time rather than having to get all those things out every day. And then like laundry, like how many times have you put in a load of clothes and then forgotten them and they've been in there so long that you have to wash them twice, right? totally embarrassed Mm. to say that I've probably done that way more than I'd like to admit. But that's when we plan our laundry days. It really helps with another thing called decision fatigue. So we think, should I wait till tomorrow? Should I do it? Do I need to do it now? Can, you know, and all of that decisioning, like when should I do it? When would be the best time? If I have this appointment, should I put them in? Are they going to wait too long? Like that is so much mind chatter. And so we spend more time trying to decide with these, all these little tiny decisions, they add up. So if you plan a certain day, for laundry, then it keeps your task, your like your mind on that task. So then it doesn't get left in the washer overnight. Mm. Another easy one is just putting your leftovers in small containers. So that way they can easily be taking them out for lunches. So instead of just putting it in a big, huge container, put them out and and dish them out into lunch size portions.
1: And I love this idea of like, you're going to have to take the leftovers out of the big container and put it into smaller containers later. So why not just do that now? And I think sometimes we as moms don't think about how to connect that. Like what I have to do later, I could do now in one action, you know, and one thing that my kids and I have started doing is I we always unload the dishwasher in the morning first thing. That's one of our daily tasks. But just lately, I've started when we unload the dishwasher, we set the table for dinner, because what is the point of putting the plates in the cupboard that we're then going to take out to set the table later. Let's just take them out of the dishwasher and put them on the table for dinner. You know, so that's something that we just recently started doing that. I'm like, why didn't I think of that sooner? Yeah, that's
0: brilliant. I've never thought of that one. That's great.
1: (laughs) And I do have to say that I laughed when you were talking about laundry, because just the other day I did an Instagram story where my laundry basket was just completely overflowing. And I'm like, this is giving me anxiety looking at it from my bed. Why does laundry never end? And my friend Holly, who's like a really straight shooter, and she kind of she tough loves with me. Um, she, she responded and said, laundry does end. If you do it all in one day, it ends for six days and then you can start again. And I was like, I was like, oh, so true because I haven't had a consistent laundry day. And so it, feels never ending. It's spread throughout the whole week. And I'm like, how am I still doing this? And it makes me resent it. But if I just do it all in one day and like maybe make it kind of a fun day where I get to watch shows while I'm folding or whatever, then it actually does end. And I can have a break for six days. And a mental
0: break too, because you're not thinking about, should I do it? Do I need to do it? Oh, I have all this laundry, like whatever we tell ourselves, you just be like, yep, I have laundry and I'll do it on Tuesdays or whatever your day is.
1: Yes. And the mental
0: break is worth it
1: alone. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. And then, how do you suggest that moms batch their appointments and different things that take them out of their homes?
0: Oh, that's a great one. I really encourage moms to schedule appointments, errands, shopping trips, whatever it is, all on the same day. Cause this helps you know, like in advance, like when you go to the dentist and they're like, Would you like to make your teeth cleaning in six months? You're like, uh, I have no idea. But if you know that you always do your errands, shopping trips, whatever, like on a Tuesday, well, then you can make those appointments out even months in advance. And then you don't have to spend time calling as it gets closer, being like, oh no, I scheduled it for a Wednesday and that's a, you know, we didn't know that orchestra practice is going to be Wednesday, six months ago. So then you don't waste your time spending time rescheduling all of your appointments. And Mm -hmm. so right there, that's a time saver. But the real time saver is scheduling them all on the same day is that every time you get in the car, even for like that really quick errand, it's at least 15 or 20 minutes, even if it's like down the street. So if you can leave the house once and get three or four different errands or shopping trips completed, then you're actually saving at least an hour each day that you batch your time like that.
1: Mm, So good. I haven't been organized in this way where I make all my appointments at once. And I do find that it interrupts my workday. Like if I'm in doing focused work and I have to stop to go to a doctor's appointment, I am annoyed. So I should just do it all in one day, once a week or once a month, however often, however many appointments I have. I think that's a brilliant suggestion.
0: Thank you. Yeah. And it also helps with that. I find myself thinking if I have 30 minutes till the doctor's appointment that I need to leave, sometimes I won't get started on like a really important work type thing. If I don't think I can finish it, maybe I don't get started on that. And so I'm better at that just because that is what I do all day long. And I've learned to use those pockets of time. But before I really realized that I would have maybe not done something as effective or efficient in that 30 minutes because I didn't think I could get the big thing completed.
1: days for focused work time and days for errands and appointments can really spare you mental energy too. And you can get more done in those blocks. Absolutely. Yeah. Great. And then what's your second takeaway?
0: So my second takeaway is minimize decisions that you have to make daily and make decisions quickly. Because Mm -hmm. nothing really is a bigger waste of time than spending that time in, I can't decide, or I just don't know, or if it's right. And so I have a really silly example for you for minimizing decisions, but I promise it's been super impactful. So I actually developed a hair washing schedule. Yes, I did. And it's really been the most impactful decision ever. So I plan the schedule out based on the activities that I have going on. And I know a lot of times you're probably thinking, well, I'm a mom. I never know what's going on. But if you follow some of the other things that I've suggested before and, and during this podcast, you'll start to have more you know, you're batching your days and, and your appointments and the way things look. So you can plan this. But what it does is when you have this schedule, again, it saves time making decisions. Should I wash my hair or not? Can I go an extra day? Should I wear it up? Is it greasy? Is that too much dry shampoo? Like, we really don't want to start our day off with that kind of... I mean, we have so many decisions. Like, Oh, oh yeah start the day off with that one. So here is how I worked through my hair washing schedule. And hopefully you're staying with me because I know it sounds silly, but it really has been life changing for so many women that have heard this. So for me, a day that I have like an early morning meeting or an appointment or something to get to, that's not the day that I plan to wash and dry and style my hair in complete full. So for me, I chose Sundays. That's a day I do my hair. It's church. I want to look my best. So then on Mondays and Tuesdays, those are work days and I'm seeing clients face to face and they start a little, bit earlier. So those are the days that possibly I would use like a dry shampoo, or I would just style my hair as needed and just let it, you know, be the way that it's going to be. Then on Wednesdays, those are my days off from like face to face meetings. So if you guys decide like Wednesday is like your laundry day, so you're staying home, you don't have appointments, you're just going to be getting the laundry done. So then maybe you're like, Hey, that's the day that I'm not going to do my hair. I'll just settle for a really quick ponytail or a messy bun. And then you can just spend your day getting stuff done. Thursdays, I have in-person meetings again. So I wash my hair, style it, make it look all fresh and clean. And then Friday and Saturday is the same as Monday and Tuesday. So a hair washing schedule, as silly as it sounds, it really saves time. Like I'm not having to do your hair complete and full every day, but it saves so much mental energy thinking about when you should wash your hair. Just notice in your life, where do you spend, you know, little small pockets of time trying to make decisions and decide if it's possible to make those decisions ahead of time so that you are really taking out that decision fatigue in your life.
1: Yeah, I love it. And then what are some other ways that you have cut down on decisions that you have to make in your daily motherhood?
0: So mine has been with meal planning, and I know that that seems to be the bane of most moms' existence, but here's a tip that hopefully will help you is take some time to just write down like 20 or 30 meals that your family enjoys eating, and so that way it's already there, so then when you decide to weekly meal plan, you have just really easy access to this idea of bliss. So Mm -hmm. once the weekly meal plan then is created, this helps to minimize that decision fatigue at like four o'clock, because if you're like me, you probably don't really feel like cooking at four o'clock. You're tired. So if your brain doesn't want to cook at all in the first place, it will make the decision process last forever, because if it has to decide, then it has to actually go into action. So to help get the dinner on the table with the least resistance and the least amount of decision fatigue, plan it ahead of time. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I feel like I've taken this to the next level recently because I dislike cooking so much, like so much that (laughs) I started doing um, Miranda Anderson teaches. She has a podcast called Live Free Creative, and she has an episode called Minimal Meal Planning. And she says, pick five to seven meals that your family all likes and have them help you decide and then just repeat it every single week, just have the same five meals for a few months and then change seasonally. And at first I was like, that sounds crazy. You know, like we have to eat more variety than that. But she pointed out that in many parts of the world, people eat the same thing every single day, like beans and rice with every single meal, every single day. And that's, it's kind of an American thing that we think that we need to have this wide, wide variety of meals. And so if you love cooking, like my little sister, I mentioned this to her and she's like, no, I could never do that. I love variety. I love cooking. I'm like, great. But for me, we now just have like hamburgers, French toast, marinated chicken and spaghetti. And pizza. Those are like our five meals. And we just kind of rotate them every single week. I have the same grocery list every week. My kids have learned how to make these meals because we only have the same meals every week. So even though my kids are young, I've taught them how to make these meals so that they can help me. And it's it's honestly been the best thing ever for someone who doesn't like to cook at all.
0: It sounds perfect. And I do agree with that podcast. I mean, we only, even as an American that probably like, I don't mind cooking. I don't really like doing the dishes and the cleanup, but I notice we have the same 10 most often. And every once in a while there might be an extra one in there, but I'm not a huge foodie and my family doesn't really tend to enjoy when I try a new recipe. So the just, even when I am creative, I still find myself rotating back into the same like 10. Yeah. the list of 10 to 20 or 20 to 30, just when you, just to see, but yeah, 10 is totally five is even perfect. Just like you said, it totally. Yeah.
1: yeah. And I, and you just have to customize all of this to your family and your health needs and everything else, but I've loved making it simpler. So I don't have to decide every day.
0: Right. And if they like it, they're not going to be like, oh, man, we're having hamburgers again. Yeah, exactly. If it's the five things they like, well, heck, then go for it, right?
1: Yes, absolutely. One thing that I wanted to dive in deeper with you about is decision making and why it is so difficult for a lot of us to make decisions, myself included, and how making decisions more quickly can save us a lot of time as well. So what have you learned from working with clients about why is it so hard for us to make decisions?
0: I think it's because we often take the time to think that we're making the quote unquote like right decision. But really, we are just indulging and not making a decision. Because as I mentioned, our brain doesn't like to have to make the decision. It doesn't like having to do the action. So if we don't make a decision, then we can just sit in inaction. We can waste time and wonder if we should do it. And, you know, oh, I'm deciding about this and I'm doing all this research. But it actually does take up time. And then, of course, mental energy, having that same question on your mind over and over and over. So if you have to make a decision, I encourage you to pick it quickly and then you will naturally, we all do, will take the steps to make it the right decision because our brain wants to be right. So if you finally make that decision, then you're going to start looking for all the ways that it was the right decision and you're going to do the action that you need to do to show your brain like, see, I said that's the right decision and here it is. I made it the right decision.
1: Yeah, I feel like I've had an epiphany lately with decisions because I struggle so much to make decisions and I know it goes back to perfectionism, which is something I'm working very hard on overcoming. It's not a badge of honor to be a perfectionist. It causes so much wasted time and energy. And so one thing I've been taking a class recently about home organization and one of the things that they teach in there is handle it once. So yes. they say like when you bring in the mail, like don't set it down. Don't like just handle it once, like sort it right then. If a bill needs to be paid, pay it, handle it once. And I was thinking about how I could apply that to decision making because so often I wait on making a decision and I tell myself it's because I don't have enough information to make the decision. So I'm going to wait on that. But really when I'm being honest with myself, it's just because I don't like the discomfort of making the decisions. So basically I'm like putting off the discomfort for later. To make to like, I'm gonna have to go through that agony of that discomfort again later by putting off that decision. And so now I try to think, handle it once, Rachel. Decide now. Don't put it off and think about it. And like one really silly example that I have that was small, but where this worked for me is I recently dropped my daughter off for a play date and the mom asked when no, I picked up the little girl for the play date, and the mom asked when can I come to get her? And immediately I started thinking of all the variables. And I was like, well, I have to go get Noah from his activity at this time. So, but that's not enough. That's not a long enough time for the girls to play. And so maybe I could take Savannah with me to pick up Noah and then we could come back. But, and I, all these things. And I was tempted to say to the mom, I'll text you. I'll just text you in a, you know, a few minutes and let you know. But then I thought of this principle and I thought, just make a decision, Rachel, you don't need to overthink this. You don't need to text her. And I just said, why don't you come get her in an hour? Done. Done. Over, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm just like from now on, I'm just trying so much more to make decisions quickly and just handle them once instead of putting myself through the agony of coming back to it later and trying to decide on the perfect thing later.
0: Yes, and I love that. That's my favorite thing to tell people. I say, touch it once, just put it away, put it where it go. You know, take your clothes off, put it in the dirty clothes. And it's one time you're done.
1: Yes. I understood that for physical objects that I was handling, but I didn't think about like, I'm also handling a lot of stuff in my brain and I should just touch it once. So that's been a big shift for me.
0: Yeah. That's also something that I do with meal planning is sometimes people forget like you plan a meal and you say, okay, this is what we're going to have. And then all of these other things come into your life. And then you realize, oh, like I can't do that because I can't do that. So it's kind of like you're not handling the meal planning once. And I think it's because people don't consider their restrictions when meal planning. Mm. And by restriction, I don't necessarily mean like your food restrictions, but like when I was teaching school full time and also working on my life coaching practice, I called it time restriction. So what I planned for were the things that I could cook really quickly and fast, but still hit my healthy, you know, goals for my family. And now I'm at a point where my kids are everywhere. And so from the hours of like three to six, when I'm supposed to be home prepping, planning, thinking of dinner, I'm out and about. And this is what people forget to think about most often. So when I actually meal plan now, I actually figure out Where I'm going to be during that day, just really allowing us to kind of figure out how could I handle this meal plan once or whatever it is in our life, and it's because you kind of identify the obstacles and the strategies prior, and so then you know, okay, that's exactly what we can have. I'll be home. I can make that.
1: Mm -hmm. And that actually leads really well into your next takeaway, which is about planning ahead, looking ahead at your life, planning your time. So tell us more. What's your takeaway three?
0: Yeah. So takeaway three is just planning time to plan your time. Mm -hmm. So it's true. It does take time to create time, but when you plan it, you actually get more done and you get more done in less time. So if you want to be more organized, if you want to have more time, the very simple thing you can do is identify what time each week you're going to sit down and spend planning your future week. So this for me is often just like a Sunday evening before the week begins. So knowing how I'm going to intentionally spend my time each day, will help me get more done and it creates more productivity and more like I'm using my time with more intention. So time is saved because you're staying on track. But the big thing is you're noticing and identifying potential obstacles prior so that you can solve them before they're this big problem. If you're planning out your week, you see that, oh, I have two kids that both need to be somewhere at four o'clock. Well, at four o'clock on that day, if that's the first time you realize it, then you have this huge problem, this obstacle, and you're feeling frantic and all that. But if it's Sunday night and you're like, oh, I have two kids that need to be here. I'll send a quick text, ask my husband if he can do it, maybe see if the neighbor can, whatever. But you're you're really identifying those potential obstacles. And so then it just allows you to just stay motivated, more on target. Your days go more as planned and you just feel like you get to get more things accomplished. Mm,
1: Yes. And I think sometimes moms can be resistant and I can be resistant, (laughs) like all everyone can, because we think, well, I don't have time I don't have time to stop to plan my time. Everything's so crazy and busy. And I know you love Brooke Castillo. I mean, you were trained by her. I love her metaphor that I've heard her give about sometimes we're so frantically riding on a bike and someone in a car is like, hey, get off the bike and get in the car. You'll get there faster. And we're like, I don't have time to stop. I can't stop riding the bike. When like, If we stopped riding the bike and got off of the bike and put some systems in place in our life we would then be able to get in a car that would get us there a lot faster, but we don't want to take the time to get off the bike.
0: Right. That is my favorite as well. I agree.
1: (laughs) Yes, it's so true. And one of the
0: successful strategies for a schedule is to really create one that motivates and empowers you not one that discourages you and makes you feel exhausted and overwhelmed just by looking at it. I think a lot of times when we say the word schedule, people really think that everything needs to be scheduled down to the minute. And then we just really want to get, like I saw a lot of moms do this when COVID and they were trying to create that school schedule for the kids. And it turned into like every 30 minutes they were doing something. And that's just exhausting. And that doesn't empower us. So I think I really teach a... Simple combination of using our schedule to motivate and guide us and then also being flexible, but also a little bit of practicing of honoring it and doing what we say we're going to do because we're never going to want to do the laundry, right? We're rarely going to want to clean up the kitchen. But if that's what our schedule says, we learn, we start to honor it and practice it as well.
1: Mm. Yes. And again, going back to a home organization type of tip, I have a friend who's a professional organizer who came and helped me with my house. And she, you know, these organizers, they want a container for everything. Uh And she taught me that the reason why is because then you can see when something's overflowing the container. Like if you have container for socks and they're overflowing, you need to get rid of some of the socks and go through them. And I have thought about that with my life because sometimes I just write everything on my schedule or my calendar and I don't consider putting a container around it. So I can see, actually, that doesn't fit in. I would like to do it, but the container is too full for my work time right now, so I can't do it. But that takes some like sitting down and planning versus just continuing to say yes to everything and acting as if I can stuff it in. I'll stuff it in some nook or cranny when that doesn't work, and that just leads to overwhelm and burnout.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And I even encourage my clients, if they feel like they can't get it all done each day, whatever that is for them, then I invite them to really figure out. And this is what we do together is determine their priorities. And so I always say like no more than five. And those are usually in the areas of like health, wealth, relationships, your business, family, things like that. Nature, spirituality is another big one sometimes, but no more than five. And then the key is to only plan things on your schedule that are focused on achieving one of those priorities. So if it's not really hitting one of those top five priorities, then stop and take a minute and say, okay, what is the result of adding this to my schedule? How is it gonna hit my priorities? And is it really necessary that I do it? Mm.
1: When I've done exercises like this, sometimes it stresses me out because I'm like, well, I have more than three or five priorities but i'm guessing this can change per season. It's not like your priorities have to stay set for your whole life and that so that activity will never fit in because it's not under one of those three priorities. It may be like for this month or this season i actually am prioritizing work over friendships. And I'm consciously doing that because I have this huge deadline coming up. And so that may come first for a while. But then next month, I may be prioritizing friendships over work, you know, or vice versa. Is is that how you teach people to do it, to kind of inventory that periodically instead of saying, these are my life priorities forever, <laughs>
0: Yeah, I definitely tell them every six months for sure. And then maybe after a life event, like so maybe when the kids go to school or when COVID hit, right, we all kind of rearranged our priorities. Or if you have a baby or your baby goes to kindergarten. So just when you have some of those bigger life events, or at least every six months, I think it's wise Or even if you're not fitting it all in, right? One of those things happen, then just it's wise to sit down and say, okay, really, what are my priorities and what is on my calendar that's not hitting a priority? And then really consider or really decide, should I take that thing off my calendar? Because sometimes things just sneak on. We think that it was a great thing, but then we realize, you know, that's probably really not serving us as much as it used to be. So I'm going to take that off my calendar.
1: Yeah. And I think sometimes the things can be like the traditional, more traditional things you think of, like moms do this, like good moms do this, like making a home cooked meal. Like you may think you have to do that and it's taking a chunk of your time every single day. But when you sit down and look at your priorities, you may realize actually that time that I'm spending cooking an hour every day. it it doesn't fit with my current priorities for this season. And so I'm not going to do that anymore for a while. I'm going to spend that time working on a personal goal or building a relationship with a child. And we're going to do more fast meals for a little while because that's my, my priorities. They don't have to be the same as every other mother's priorities.
0: Right. And I like to say you can hire out or do without. And so, hire out maybe doesn't always mean you physically hire it out and go to take out, but it may do like one of those meal delivery services. Or, like, right now, I have 14, 14 16, and 17 year olds. So, my quote unquote hiring out is I made them have a night mm. of where they're doing the dishes I know or making dinner. I know that yours are littler, but it's like, so can you hire out or can you do without? Meaning, mm. can you do without the home cooked meal? Could you, you know, could they have cereal for six months or could they, you know, you, we just get to decide. Yeah. But notice that you're saying no, they can't have cereal because good moms and then fill in the blank. If whatever you're deciding to hire out or do without, if you go to shoulds, coulds, good moms, just ask yourself, why do you believe that? Because really a good mom might just make sure their kids' tummies are full. But does it, do you really have to decide what it's full of? Mm. Maybe you do, but know that you like that decision and you own it and you're okay. That's when then you're like, nope, I really believe it needs to be full of a well-balanced meal. So then that's when you decide that one hour of cooking the meal is worth it and important to you.
1: Yes. And it just shifts. Once you've aligned what you're doing with your values and you know, like, no, truly, actually, I care deeply about this because I have this value. It takes the resentment out of it and sort of the overwhelm because you know that you're owning your life and you're doing it. You're using your time in a way that's meaningful to you.
0: Right. You're doing it because you want to do it, not because you think you have to do it.
1: Yes, absolutely. Well, Siri, these three tips have been so helpful and practical. I know moms are going to be able to use them this week, which is always the goal. Tell us where they can find more from you or more resources that you'd like to share with the community.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I did create a freebie. It's called 24 Ways to Save 24 Hours This Month. So it includes many of these batching type of examples that we discussed, plus other time-saving tips. So if they... I think in the show notes, we'll just add a link to that. Yep. They can go over mm-hmm. to my Instagram page and find me on that. And if you look at my profile, it says 24 ways to save 24 hours this month. And I am on Instagram and organized with an ed. So organized And then my website is the same organized
1: Perfect. And I will link all of that in the show notes. This has been awesome. Thank you so much for coming on three and 30.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: Well, there you have it, my friends, some really practical and actionable hacks for how you may be able to maximize your time this week so you can do more of what you love and feel less frazzled and overwhelmed. Just choose one tip that you want to try this week. And as always, I'd love to hear what you decide to try via a comment on Instagram an email or in a podcast review, because remember, you can win a care package this month if you leave me one. (laughs) As a quick reminder, series three takeaways for maximizing your time are takeaway number one, batch like tasks together within your housekeeping and other life responsibilities. So you're not wasting time and energy on task switching. Do all of your laundry in one day. Cook key ingredients for meals in large quantities and reuse them throughout the week or freeze them for the following week. And consolidate all of your errands or outside of the home appointments to one day each week. There's lots more ideas for batching included in Series freebie, which is linked in the show notes. Takeaway number two. Minimize the number of decisions you have to make daily by developing routines and rhythms for as much as you can within your life. Things like laundry or even washing your hair. Decide in advance when you'll do these things so you're not always having to decide on the spot and using up mental energy and time doing that. And when you do have to make a decision, make it quickly and remember to handle it once without prolonging it because you want to make a perfect choice. And third and finally, plan time to plan your time. This upfront investment will pay back dividends in the clarity that you'll feel every day, knowing that you're using your time in a way that matches your priorities and the needs for the season of life that you're in. My friends, we can do this. We are doing this. I know we have a lot to juggle right now as our kids head into a new school year that's going to look different for a lot of us, but hopefully these time maximizing tips will help and I hope that you have a great week with your family.